and Gambo, live at Champagne Lanes on Sunday. Presented by Michelob Ultra. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Really, really cool place to come hang out with us on a Friday afternoon, if you're so inclined. I knew there was a name for this part of town. I just forgotten what it was. It's called Roosevelt Row. And there's all sorts of really cool stuff down here, bars and restaurants and whatnot. We're at one of the coolest, Champagne Lanes. We're on 2nd Street, just a tick or two south of Roosevelt. And it's it's really cool. Um, it's Sun's Day, and it's brought to you by Michelob Ultra. And it's like this retro throwback bowling alley kind of place, but it's not a traditional bowling alley. They call it duck bowling, where you've got balls that are like the size of bocce balls. Yeah. And you've got pins that are about, oh, I I don't know, eight inches tall or so. We so, should say you get one you get one bowl for a strike, and that's how you should win the Diamondback tickets. <laughs> Forget about sliding up. It's hard. It's hard to it's bowl hard. a strike. You it's and I played hard. a full a full round, and you got a couple of spares. It was it was hard to get a strike. It's hard. I'm trying to figure out how to do it, but it, it was really difficult. We bowled an entire game, and I think the final score was like 87 to 67 or something like that. We couldn't break 100. It was hard, but it's a you know, this is the type of place to come out, come hang out with your friends. They got a terrific full-size circle bar. They've got pinball machines. They've got a bunch of lanes here. You can come hang out. They, they, they The food is great. they got a lot of sushi. So you come here, you have a meal, you relax, you have a couple drinks, you bowl, you have some fun. they got two big-size pool tables here. Definitely a place to come hang out on a Friday for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. So uh, come on down. Look forward to seeing you at some point today. We've already seen a couple of listeners come in and say hi. That was super, super cool. So uh, we'll be here till 6 o'clock here on this Sunday, and it's presented by Michelob Ultra. All right, so the news about the Suns and the Lakers tonight. Now, we haven't seen what the Lakers are going to do. I imagine we'll get some news about them at some point soon. We have seen news about what the Suns are going to do, and it really it's not much of a surprise. Sham Sharani was the first to report that the core four for the Suns are not going to play. No Kevin Durant, no Devin Booker, no Chris Paul, no DeAndre Ayton. And it doesn't one, Suns have already clinched everything they can clinch. The number four seed in the West. Number two, uh, they're on the second night of a back-to-back, you know, so you don't want to. And they all played a lot of minutes last night, too. I don't know if you noticed that from the box score from yes, watching the game. Yes. Durant was like at 41. Booker played a bunch. Chris Paul was like at 37. And so Monty, he kind of hinted at it last night. They're not going to play today. Here's why they're not not playing, according to Kevin Durant. He said last night after the game, if you think that we're not going to play because we don't want to show our hands, this is great. That has nothing to do with it at all. I'll let him explain. We didn't play 80-some games. We didn't got, we didn't logged in there, a thousand minutes of film. Like, if you're a playoff coach and you don't know how we coming as a team, you don't know, you're not prepared for how we coming as a team, then I don't think you should have that job, you know. <laughs> We got so so much info and data on who we are as individuals and who we are as a team. So there's no hiding anything at this point. I thought that was an absolutely brilliant answer. Mm-hmm. Now Tell teams, me why. Well, teams will definitely make adjustments, but I don't think I think he's right on the hiding. You know, what are you going to show? Like you you don't know how we play. You don't know where I like to be. You don't know where Chris Paul likes to be. You don't know. You don't know. He tries to get to the elbow and hit the mid range shot. You don't know about. You know, you don't like you don't you don't know what Book likes to do. Like you may not have seen him together as a team a whole lot, but it's really hard to make the argument that you don't know how these guys play and you're not what I'm not gonna show them anything right now. So I do think there's something to the adjustments that are made through the course of a playoff series. That happens a lot. But like there's nothing that you know, you're not gonna be like, Oh, let's not play 
our normal guys tonight because we don't want to show them what 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 they are. They know. They yeah. know. He went on to say, um, you know, you might draw up a couple of new plays that may throw them off before the playoffs. But even after game one, you're gonna get figured out. It really comes down to who wants the most and just flat out who is the better team. There's not too much scheming and strategy involved around this time, I guess. And and, and he was answering the question because last night, you know. The Suns played kind of a vanilla game against the Nuggets, a boring, a bored game, a, a, a game that looked like the Suns just had absolutely no intensity. What was the, the the way they described it at halftime last night on Bally Sports Arizona? Just uh, the, the lack of just sheer interest in the game almost. Like, yeah, oh, we have to play a game tonight, you know, sort of thing. They weren't playing that way because they weren't trying to show the Denver Nuggets anything, and they're not not playing their guys tonight because they don't want to show the Lakers anything. And I imagine we'll run into the same thing with the Clippers on Sunday. When the season runs out and the regular season's over, the Suns, if they play their guys on Sunday, if they don't, it's not going to be because they're hiding anything, says Kevin Durant. It's just because you're you're not going to – you can't hide. You know, there's so much information out there about us. You can't hide what it is that you're trying to do or what it is that you want to yeah, do. Yeah, they there. said at the halftime show, they said um, everyone was playing pickup. They were trying not to get hurt. The bench had no rhythm. Tough to get motivated for a game like this. And and they were right. It was. It is. It's hard to get motivated for a game like this because, the, you know, and Denver's bench guys, you know, they're playing their asses off because this is an opportunity to prove to their coach that they deserve playoff minutes. This is an opportunity that they get to shoot the ball more than they ever have, an opportunity to play more minutes than they would normally play. So they're going to come out and they're going to play really hard. And the sudden starters are like, look, we're going to beat you in the end. It's just a matter of, you know, do we want to do it now or do we want to do it later? Yeah. And, and, and they wanted to do it later. And they wanted to do it later, much later, like with about seven minutes to go to the game when right. they finally decided to. No, it was under five. It was actually. I mean, let me go to my notes here for a second because I was it was it was one oh six one oh five with four minutes and fifty three seconds left. Denver Denver was up five minutes and nineteen seconds left. Excuse my voice. Reggie Jackson drove for a basket. Then with four twenty eight left, Reggie Jackson hit a step back jumper. Nuggets are up one oh seven one oh six with four minutes and twenty eight seconds left. Then the sun said, "Okay, enough's enough. Let's, enough's let's, enough." And let's that's take when care of business. Durant happened, and that's when Paul happened, and they <clears throat> right, finally right, did enough right. what they needed to do. Um, in, in the next segment, um, we'll get into the Lakers and the Clippers and everything that's kind of on the line this weekend. We won't touch that now because you know we, we don't really know what the Lakers are planning to do tonight in terms of their guys and who's going to play. Um, I, I'll say this though, if with the big core four for the Suns not playing tonight, and I didn't realize this until I read this in Dwayne Rankin's story this morning on AZ Central. It did, and this is really crazy to believe, it did deprive us of Kevin Durant versus LeBron James for the first time since 2018. Isn't that crazy? It's been five years since the two greatest players of this generation arguably have met on the floor. That's nuts, right? Isn't that kind of... Wait, seriously? Christmas Day? Wasn't there something about, like, they used to, maybe there was a thought that KD used to duck him at times and get hurt right before games when he was at Oklahoma City? Or I don't I remember that, but I think I, about that. If, I remember somebody you ducking remember LeBron. something like that? Okay, yeah. The two haven't faced each other since Christmas of 2018. They were on course to play again tonight against each other for the first time since then. Um, and even last night, Kevin Durant was like, he was asked about it. And he goes, yeah, 
We'll see. Who knows? Who knows what will happen? We'll see. I think he kind of knew last night he wasn't going to play. I think Monty last night kind of knew he wasn't going to play. Um, so, But it's just crazy to think that here are quite possibly the two greatest players of this generation, and and they haven't been on the same floor against each other in five years. That's, right. That's I, that's just crazy to me. Just crazy. Yeah, me. I mean, this, this opens up the doors for the Lakers to go get a win that they desperately need. Now, you know, where it fits in the standings and everything, I know we're going to go over that because um, even I don't know right now without having a, without looking at it because there's so, so many teams that are bottled up. But, you know, if you're a team that's trying to pass the Lakers, you can't be very happy right now that the Suns aren't playing anybody. No. Now, for tonight's game, you know, I, I'm not trying to compel you to watch or give you reasons to watch you're going to do whatever you want to do on a friday night if you're listening to us right now but we have spent an awful lot of time talking about bench guys and you know campaign got some action not a lot but he got some run last night um you know terrence ross and landry shamit and and uh, tj warren who was sick last night he was under the weather he didn't play not that tonight is going to be any kind of proving ground or any kind of indicator as to who's going to get those minutes and who's not come playoff time but we have spent a lot of time talking about these bench guys and i guess if there's one reason to watch tonight is to see who among them looks really, really good because we're still trying to figure out who's going to get outside of Tory Craig, who's going to get those minutes, you know? Josh yeah. Kogi's going to get him, Craig's going to get him, but beyond that, we're not really sure who's going to get those minutes for the Suns, right? No, I mean, I, I I don't know, and maybe that is something, you know, that Monty is going to look at these games and try to figure out, because one of the things that really gave Koji the lift was how well he was shooting the ball in February and his defense. Well, Torrey Craig plays great defense, too. He just gives you more length than Akoji does. And now that Josh Akoji has kind of dropped back to earth with a three-point shot, now you've got a tough decision to make. I mean, is there really an advantage playing Akoji over Torrey, Torrey Craig or no? Yeah, and that's something you got to figure out. Legendary voice of the Suns, Al McCoy has announced his retirement. We want to hear from you, and Al would like to hear from you. Text the word Al to 620-620. Submit a video, a thank you, Al, message. We might even play it on the air. I've heard some on the air here, as a matter of fact. Text the word Al to 620-620. If you've had a chance to look at the NBA West clinching scenarios, it's a mess. We're going to do our best to clean it up for you coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, afternoons. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. Here is how complicated... Five through nine is in the West. Yeah, this is math that just doesn't make sense for me. And you know what? And I typically did pretty good at math. It doesn't make sense to me either. Here's how complicated it is in the NBA's Western Conference. The NBA today on their Twitter account set out a giant playoff scenario update thing, right? Like here's all the teams and here's everybody in the West. Here's everybody in the East. Here's who's locked in. Here's what has to happen here and what has to happen there. Here's what they wrote. (laughs) Remaining seeding scenarios, Western Conference. I love this. This is all they wrote. 
detailed scenarios for the West 5 through 9 will be posted on Saturday after Friday night's game. We're just not even going to try. <laughs> it's like, don't ask. We're just, no, it's too complicated to even try to spell it out to you at this point. We don't know. Right. Right? All right, so let's, can we try? We can try. Right. Memphis will be seated number two if they win at least one game or the Kings lose at least one game. Okay. Grizzlies are number three if they lose both games and the Kings win both games. Okay, so if the Grizzlies okay. lose out and the Kings win out, Sacramento could be number two. Okay, so Sacramento, yeah, same thing. We don't have to go over Sacramento because it's the same thing. They need to win two, and the Grizzlies have to lose both for them to move up. Um, let's go to Oklahoma City. Okay, currently the 10th seed right yes. now. Yes, they are number 10 if they win or the Mavericks lose at least one game. So the Mavericks have to win two and the Thunder have to lose two. If the, if the Oklahoma City wins a game or the Mavericks lose a game, Oklahoma City is number 10. They're in the play-in tournament. Dallas has to win both games and have the Thunder lose both games. Five through nine will be posted Saturday after Friday night's game. Sorry, that's a, that's what we know. Yeah, in other words, go away. Go don't away. ask. Yeah, go don't away. Ask. Don't, don't bother. Like, uh, like do you have four hours? <laughs> because if you have four hours, we could go over all the scenarios. If you don't have four hours, we can't do it. There's, there's a Twitter account that I like to follow, and, and I, I, God bless them. I give, I give them credit. They tried. Yeah. They tried, and I tried to comprehend it. I'm like, okay, I'm going to really learn this and figure it out. It was too hard. It was, And, and what makes it? Even more complicated. Tiebreakers. Well, okay, that's one. Tiebreakers. And then number two, what makes it so tough is that you're trying to figure out every team's true intention. Do you actually want to be five? Do you want to be six? Do you want to be seven? Right? Like, oh, what we've talked about this whole time. Are you trying to not face the Suns for five? Are you trying to avoid them? Like, we have to almost peer into their souls and try to to, to surmise what they actually want because we we don't really know if teams are going to actively attempt to avoid the Phoenix Suns this weekend. That might be a factor in all this. I don't know. Here is your clinch and elimination uh, scenarios for today. Dallas eliminated with, with a loss. Golden State clinches a playoff spot with a win and with losses by New Orleans and the Lakers. So they're not even guaranteed a playoff spot right now. So Golden State clinches a playoff spot with a win and with losses by New Orleans and the Lakers. The Lakers are locked into a play-in game with a loss and a Golden State win. So if the Lakers lose to the Suns tonight who aren't playing anybody and Golden State wins, then the Lakers are guaranteed to be in the play-in tournament. So that's some of the, the scenarios for today. But yeah, five through nine, becomes very very complicated the clippers have the inside track at five yes they have the inside track but they can be passed in a bunch of scenarios yeah a bunch of scenarios in which the tiebreakers become involved and again it just depends on who wants to win who wants to lose now let's go through the games here real quick so everybody kind of understands what we're talking about the pelicans right now are sitting at number eight they are hosting the new york knicks tonight who I don't think have that much to play for. I think, if I remember right, the Knicks are... They're five. They're they're, trying to get Julius Randle back healthy, so he's not playing. They're locked in. So they're locked in at five. They can't move their stocks. There's nothing for the Knicks to play for tonight. Thank you, Mitch. I appreciate you jumping in on that one. Um, So New York is at New Orleans. I'll get to Dallas in a second. Golden State is at Sacramento. This and the Suns game tonight against the Lakers are really kind of the linchpin games tonight for the West because if Golden State, they've struggled on the road all year, 
Sacramento still has something to play for. Barely. Barely. Like but a, they like, could potentially move up to number two. They got to thread the needle like yeah, you like to talk got, about. Exactly. They got to thread the needle. But I, I saw a, a picture today from King's practice, and it was everybody. Everybody was out there. It certainly didn't look like there was no De'Aaron Fox, no DeMontis Sabonis, no Harrison Barnes. So we'll see. Maybe they're playing to win tonight. We all know about Golden State struggles on the road. Golden State loses. I got to imagine their path to five because I don't want Golden State, neither do you. That's the right. team I'd really like to avoid at number yep. five. Their path to five gets really, really complicated. And it's, so I think you're rooting for Sacramento tonight to make sure that Golden State doesn't have a window of getting five because they might be the one team. And honestly, I could see this. Golden State would be the one team that would be like, yeah, we don't mind playing the Suns in the first round. Bring it. We're the Golden State Warriors. We're the defending champs. We're the defending bleeping we got champs. A whole of this lot league. of rings. Yep. We will we will play the Suns and we will not duck. And that them. tall skinny guy on your team, we helped him get his too. <laughs> and then of course the Suns and the Lakers tonight is the other linchpin game. Suns aren't playing their core four. We'll see what the Lakers do in response. I actively didn't talk about the Chicago Dallas game because Dallas White flag, baby. Kyrie's not playing. Kyrie's not playing. Josh no. Green's not playing. Christian Wood's not playing. Maxi Kleba's not playing. Tim Hardaway, not playing. They would right. rather have the draft pick than the play-in game. Right. And the draft pick for them is like they they would owe it. I'm trying to, the, the scenario is the Mavericks pick is owed to the Knicks unless it falls in with the, the top ten. So it's top 10 protected. People understand that. So if the Mavs are lucky enough to get a top 10 pick, they keep it. If it's 11, 12, 13, it's going to go to the Knicks. Yeah. So, so they would rather have the chance that they end up with a top 10 pick than get to the playoffs with a, a roster that's not pro- not good enough to get out of the first round. Bobby Marks was on Wolf and Luke a few hours ago, and he said, oh, yeah, you better believe it. The Mavs are trying to miss the playoffs. The optics stink, right? Like the optics are awful here. But from a front office perspective, the best interest is to keep their pick, which is top 10 protected. If it goes from 11 to 30, it goes to the Knicks. And considering how much limited assets they have, I mean, they've got no seconds to trade. They, the earliest is a 2027 first. And I'm sorry, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to succumb to this again. A 2027 first is their earliest that they could trade? Yeah. Yeah, because of everything they gave up for Kyrie, right? I mean, wow. That, yeah. I'll, I'm going to succumb. You'll be, doing, you'll be doing a show with somebody else when they take that next first-round pick. <laughs> I will be. Who will it be? Who, who will be? Well, maybe it'll be Mark Cuban. Be I don't know. Whole question one day. Yeah, who will be my co-host yeah. in 2027? It'll be Rick Brunson. It, it might be Rick Brunson. <laughs> it might be Rick Brunson. Um, man, I tell you, if the night of the lottery, whatever it is, if the Dallas Mavericks are in it, I'm going to hold my breath that that envelope, that that ping pong ball isn't rigged for Luka Doncic to get a Victor, to get one by Yamba. Victor Wimbayama to join him. I'll, I'll. I'll be scared to death that that's just got fix written all over it. It just let's give Luca the superstar. Let's give him Victor Wembanyama. Let's keep him in Dallas. We like him there. Mm-hmm. We like wow. him there. We like Luca. He's a superstar in this league. Blah blah blah. All right, so. That's tonight. Yeah, we'll we have, really can't break down five, six, seven, eight, nine. It's too hard. It's too tough. Like, it really is. I mean, I've looked at every – like, it's it's too difficult to explain. There's just so many different op- options that could happen. I wouldn't even know where to start. Golden, to State, could, Golden State right now could be five, six, seven, eight, or nine. The Warriors could be five, six, seven, eight, or nine. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just – again, it's, there's, so many, there's so many things that have to play out for all of those scenarios. I, I mean, if, if, if you're a Suns fan and you say, okay, paint me a scenario where it's the Pelicans in the first round, I could do it. 
Paint me right. a scenario where it's the Lakers in the first round. I could do it. You know, Clippers, I could do it. It, it would just be too monotonous for me to go over every single one of those because it, it just it would be spinning our wheels a little bit. But but I think tonight with the Warriors in particular, that that's that to me is the one I would like to see out of the way. I'm rooting for Sacramento tonight. I want Golden State out of the way. I, I don't. I, I want them on the other side of the bracket. I don't want to mess with them in the I first agree. round. I agree. I agree. I would. I would want to, out of the three teams. I would want to play them the least. Lakers first, Clippers second, Warriors third. Yeah. Out of those three teams, did you? Um, we never mentioned the Pelicans. It yeah. was reported today Zion Williamson unlikely to return for the play-in tournament and might be a big question mark for the first round yeah, as well. Yeah, I doubt he's going to play. Hasn't played in so long. It's, even if he came back, I don't know how they'd be able to get to ramp him up. Um, and then the tiebreakers with that, right? The Warriors lose any potential tiebreakers to the Pelicans or Timberwolves. Yeah. So, like, you know, the Timberwolves, like, you, you, they could, so you just don't know where it's going to be. But, yeah, without Zion, he's not healthy. They played some good basketball, give them credit, but they're not a threat like they were last year when they gave the Suns a scare. Texas, your thoughts on the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. There are two regular season games left for the Suns. Tonight is their rest night. Is there going to be another one on Sunday? Do we need to see the starters again? We'll ask Suns guru, Kellen Olson next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Suns insider Kellen Olson joins Burns and Gambo to talk Phoenix Suns basketball. Hey, Kevin. Uh, Kellen Olson, Arizona Sports. Nice to meet you. Welcome to the Valley. Uh, oh, yeah. Can you say it again? I'm Kellen. Welcome to the Valley. Nice to meet you. Courtside with Kellen. Brought to you by Southwest Gas. Committed to exceeding expectations today while innovating sustainable solutions for tomorrow. Our weekly visit with our son's guru from ArizonaSports.com, Kellen Olson. Kellen, good to talk to you on this Friday. I know normally we're a Thursday with you, but good to have you on. How are you doing? What's up, guys? Doing well. Good, good. Um, we just got done. We'll, we'll talk about the sun specific in last night and everything, you know, our observations about that. But we just got done having this conversation about this convoluted, complicated five through nine right now in the Western Conference. Is there... Anything in particular you're looking at going into these final three days of games in terms of what it means for the Suns' opposition? Like, for example, I'm looking tonight at the Kings and the Warriors because I want the Warriors to get eliminated. I don't want them to be the five seed. I want somebody else, anybody else other than them. That's my example. Do you have an example of what you're looking for tonight going into this weekend's games? Something that's come up for me that I don't think I've heard anyone talk about yet is the Suns' choice to play their starters last night and rest their starters tonight because let's say they do the reverse and they play their starters tonight and then they beat the Lakers. The Lakers are almost certainly going to be in the plane at that point, and you take the Lakers and put them in a spot from going in the 5-6 to putting them potentially in the play. And now a lot of this has to do with the fact that I still respect the Lakers quite a bit. I respect LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and respect the fact that they could win the West. If I had to pick my top four teams, if I had to pick the four I, that I expect the most to come out of the West, the Lakers would be one of my four teams. And I'm not surprised, but I thought there was an opportunity for the Suns tonight to kind of take control of that a bit and put them in the play-in. And, and look, if they go in the play-in and they make it out of it, then they would still be the seven or potentially the eight, and they could give the Nuggets one heck of a test in the first round. So I thought that there was something there specifically involving the Suns and the Lakers, but I'm with you, Golden State on the road. We, we think and assume because they're playing against teams that have nothing to play for, but, I mean, it's been a battle for them on the road all year. 
Let's talk about the you know the one thing that does make a little sense because the starters playing and, and I do want to touch on Chris Ball, but let me start with Campaign. He didn't play the last game. He was the first guy off the bench last night. What do you see Monty experimenting with with the bench? What I see, Gambo, is looking toward the postseason minute totals. And what I mean by that is uh, Kevin Durant is going to play 40-plus minutes. Devin Booker is going to play 40-plus minutes. Chris Ball is going to be somewhere between 36 to 40. So with that, doesn't come a lot of time where you would need someone like Campaign at anyway. Like if, there are going to be playoff games where Campaign plays. If he, he is in the rotation still, he plays like five or six minutes. And it's not going to do with how poorly or how well he's playing. It's just going to do with the fact that they've got – other ball handlers out there. So when Landry Shamit is out there with Devin Booker, Devin Booker's running a lot more of the offense than he would be if he was out there with campaign because you want campaign on the ball more. I think it's just looking for strengths in different areas. I think we're going to see them tweaking some more of that as the season uh, comes to a close later this week. Did you read anything into Landry getting those minutes earlier in the week and campaign not playing as, as some sort of a, you know, kind of Monty trying something on different for size to see how it looked? Yeah, I, I just read it into sort of what I just talked about there in that you look at campaign and the strengths that he provides. One of his biggest strengths, if not the biggest strength, is his on-ball playmaking, his on-ball slashing, and all that kind of stuff. But if he's out there with Devin Booker or Kevin Durant or Chris Paul in the playoffs, those guys are going to be the primary options running the offense, and, and they just can, and, and quite honestly, they should be. Cam's a good shooter, and, and I think that he is – I don't know if I would classify him as a good defender, but I think that he brings energy defensively. I think the difference between him and Landry there is Landry's a bit better on the ball and he brings more size. So if the Suns want to continue switching on defense like they normally do, that's where you can have Landry Shamit out there and you can switch a bit more easily where Cam's size catches up to him a bit. And if you want to change things up a little bit differently, you throw Damian Lee out there and you get more shooting out there. You throw Terrence Ross out there to get more shooting out there. Or you throw Ish Wainwright out there to get more defensive versatility in line with kind of what, what Shamit uh, brings as well. So I think that there are different options that they can present now with these fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth guys because of the minute allocation and what it's going to go with. A little wrinkle that they've been adding lately is that Chris Paul has been starting the second and fourth quarters now with Kevin Durant in the last couple of games. That's completely intentional, just like these looks here to see how it looks with point book with Shaman alongside him. Yeah, I love what we're seeing out of Chris Paul, and I'm one of those guys that truly believes they need Chris Paul if they're going to win a championship, that they can't do it with KD and Book alone, that Chris has to play well. What's fascinating about Chris is that he is taking those open three-point shots. He's hunting them. He's getting them. He's getting the switches. There was a great switch last night where he got an NGI on him, and he, and, he, and he put up the three. But it's interesting to look at some of the assist numbers, two assists, three assists, six assists, seven assists. We're so used to Chris not scoring and then having 13, 14 assists, 12 assists in a game. And now we're seeing Chris score and we've seen some super low assist numbers, but that's clearly because of everybody else's ability to play make on that team. Yeah, and, and adding Kevin Durant, right? Because when we started the season and we were looking at changes for this team coming in, one of them was that Chris Paul was going to play off the ball in a way he hadn't before in his career. We were looking at that when Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson were on this team and Jay Crowder was on this team. But now when Kevin Durant comes into the fold, that's going to put him off the ball even more. You just look at the way that they've changed their offense a little bit. They're slowing it down a bit more and running those mid-post isolations for Kevin Durant, which doesn't really trigger a lot of movement until he gets double teamed, but it's effective because you're getting Kevin Durant the ball in a sweet spot where 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 he's just extremely effective and that will trigger ball rotations which leads to Chris getting those threes and a lot of the time he's the guy that has to take the shot 
he's been taking it and he's been knocking it down. And, and that's a less traditional way of going about offense in the way that they normally do, but adapting to the way that Kevin Durant can really help their team. And Chris is going to benefit from that. You look at the way that they spammed the same play, three straight possessions in OKC, and then they did it again last night. That was all off of the gravity that those four guys bring. And Chris in all of those situations didn't get to take the shot because they were worried about him running into a wide-open 14-foot pull-up because that type of play that they were running, that's what it's primarily designed to bring. But then if he's covered and DeAndre's role is covered, that means Kevin Durant's open in the weak side corner. If Kevin's covered, that means DeAndre's probably open. Devin Booker has space at the top sometimes, too. We saw all of those dynamics kind of play out over those examples, and it just speaks to how this new look of the offense with Durant in there is going to help open up space for someone, whether it's Paul, Durant, Aiden, or Booker. Kellen Olson, our son's guru from ArizonaSports.com, his weekly visit with us here on the Burns and Gambo show. So we know the plan tonight. The core four is going to sit. We don't know the plan for Sunday. Uh, do you have, A, do you have a guess as to the plan on Sunday? And then, B, not to minimize your guess, Kellen, but does it really matter what the plan is on Sunday for this team with those guys? I don't see it, uh, a reason why they should play, to be honest. The only reason for them to play would be to build continuity with Kevin Durant, but they just got that opportunity to do it last night, and they didn't really seize it at all. I think that the coaching staff and Monty specifically put them out there thinking just that, right? Like they were going to get to build a little bit more, and I think that the clutch time example that I brought up was a good example of a two- to three-minute stretch that was valuable for them to get, but outside of that, they didn't gain anything from it really at all and didn't take advantage of the opportunity. So I wouldn't understand giving them the opportunity on Sunday with the very, very, very small risk of someone getting hurt and and the fact that the game is basically out there for nothing. It's going to be interesting to see how everything develops tonight and tomorrow because that could be a game that the Clippers still need. So that's where I kind of get back to the same thing I was talking about the Lakers where if the Suns win that game and it puts the Clippers in the play-in, well, okay, do you want to dictate the matchup here? That's where things can start to get a little bit interesting, but we won't know until that day. And I think the Suns want to do – that would – probably be getting too big for your britches right you kind of want to focus on yourself first and if they need rest and they would prefer rest and that's what they should take but if it's a either or kind of thing and they could knock the clippers into the play and it's maybe something that they should consider or if it's the other end and they would love to play the clippers sit everyone let them win What's your preference as a starter? Josh Okoji or Tory Craig? Josh, February, it was Josh to me because he was hitting three-pointers at an unbelievable level. But now he's dropped back to earth. You know, him and Tory are very equal with what their three-pointers are. Tory gives you more length. Josh maybe a little bit better on the ball. What do you think? The uh, What do you think? It's matchup related or they got a preference there? I think that it's Josh Okogie for sure, Gambo, just because every team is going to have a threat that is bringing the ball up the court and someone is going to have to guard that guy. It's not going to be Chris Paul or Devin Booker. It's not going to be Kevin Durant or DeAndre. It's going to be that fifth guy. And I think Josh is the most equipped to guard that guy. You look at potential matchups coming later. You've got the top four seats. You just run them down, right? John Morant. You've got De'Aaron Fox. You've got Jamal Murray. And then potentially at the five, you've got the Golden State Warriors with Steph. There could be a matchup with New Orleans where C.J. McCollum is there. There's going to be someone out there that that's a guard that is going to be a, pose a problem to you, and that's what Josh can do is really just like arguably the best defender on the team. I think that he brings that, but the more interesting question is who closes the game. And if you're looking at a situation where Josh's offense isn't there or the defensive game plan from the opposition is predicated on giving that guy space, that's where you say, okay, do we throw Terrence Ross out there even with the defensive shortcomings? Do we throw T.J. Warren out there? There are different kind of uh, adjustments there to be made, and I think that's why uh, it's important for fans to understand in the moment that when postseason comes around, we are not going to see 
these are the eight or nine guys that are playing every single night. We're still going to see Monty adjust based on the game because of the trust that he's built with these guys and what they've shown throughout the course of the season that he can throw a certain guy out there based on what the matchup is presenting. And I think for that fifth spot, that's what it's going to come with. But he's been so integral to everything that they do, particularly defensively. But I would be very surprised if Akogi at some point isn't starting for them over the course of the postseason. All right, good stuff, Kellen, as always. We look forward to reading your stuff all weekend. It's going to be a wild weekend trying to figure out how the West sorts itself out. We'll uh, keep up with your stuff on ArizonaSports.com all weekend. Thank you, sir. Thanks, guys. Kellen Olson joining us here on the Arizona Sports Line. When we come back here on the Burns and Gambo show, we'll turn our attention back to the Arizona Diamondbacks. He's supposed to be the number two of the rotation's one-two punch, and so far the punches have not exactly been landing for Merrill Kelly. We'll talk about that next on the Burns and Gambo show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, we'll uh, talk Diamondbacks baseball in 30 seconds. Well, actually, we'll talk yeah. Diamondbacks baseball in 60 seconds. I want to remind everybody first where we're at today. Champagne Lanes. We are, I'll say that again, Champagne Lanes. Like it's, champagne, but champagne. Exactly. Uh, it's, it's a little of a tongue twister at first. Uh, we are here just north of downtown Phoenix. They call this area town Roosevelt Row. And it's I've, I've been in this part of town before, and it's amazing, absolutely amazing the way this place is. Has transformed over the last several years. It is just super cool down here. I, I mean, and Champagne is really cool because, first of all, it's Sun's Day for us, and it's brought to you by Michelob Ultra. But it, you talk about a cool place to hang out. It's yeah. got this retro '60s vibe in here. It's got, they call it duck bowling. So the lanes are shorter, the balls are smaller, the pins aren't as tall. It's like a bocce ball. Yeah, it's like, it's like you're bowling with a bocce ball in a shorter lane. A lot of fun. I mean, you, you don't have to be a skilled bowler to do it. It's just a lot of fun. It's harder. Like, it's it hard. harder. You want to challenge yourself. I haven't been able to get a strike yet. I've been bowling forever. Here. Like, here. Yeah, like you like every break Not you've gone ever. over there and thrown a ball I, or two and you can't yeah, get I'm it, I'm trying right? to figure out how do you get a strike with this little bocce ball and these pins. I haven't been able to do it. Yeah, they got a super cool bar. Great menu. I mean, just filled with all sorts of sushi and, and really good-looking dishes. So, uh, come on by and see us. We're here till 6 o'clock, and uh, we look forward to meeting you if you have a chance. Again, Champagne Lanes, and we are in the Roosevelt Row area of Phoenix, just north of downtown Phoenix. The other thing I was going to mention real quick, Luka Doncic will sit out after the first quarter tonight against the Bulls. Why? So the Mavs are, just to make sure Luka doesn't do anything crazy and decide he wants to go for a 50-point triple-double and lead the Mavs to a win that they don't want. Why not just sit him out all things? I don't know. I, that's a great question. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. That's a great question. You can play the first quarter, but you can't play anymore. You can that. play the first quarter, and then that's it. He's done. It's internal. <laughs> yeah, it's internal. Ain't that something? <laughs> it makes no sense. So so the Mavs Ain't are... Awesome. Uh, there it is. The Mavs so are... He's going to play the first quarter, but not the rest. I'm going to text somebody over there and find out why. <laughs> I, I, I got to get on the phone. I what, f- I what, need to- what the Sam hell's going on over there? What's what second to text my guys? It's just sad. <laughs> you blew it! 
Uh, Kyrie's already sitting tonight. Christian Wood's already sitting tonight. The Dallas Mavericks have decided they do not want to fight for that last play-in spot. They don't spot. want to fight for their right to party. They don't. They would rather no. just go to Cancun, call it a day, and try to win the lottery. They want to go fishing right, go fishing right now. <laughs> They're going Forget fishing. about the playoffs. <laughs> no doubt about it. Go fishing right now. No doubt about it. All right, so that's the latest on that. We'll give you the latest on everything coming up in the 4 o'clock reset in just a few minutes here on the Burns and Gambo Show. In the meantime, back to Diamondbacks baseball as they lose last night to the L.A. Dodgers. And, and look, two starts, I, I'm not going to sit here and claim the position of I told you so about Merrill Kelly because it's way too early to say that. He is, It's been an uneven start for him, to say the least. And last yeah, night was right. another uneven start for him. The walks are a little bit of a problem, and he's just been kind of meh to start the season. Yeah, he got his 500th strikeout. Look, I think he's a quality. He got his 500 strike, 500 strikeout with the Diamondbacks last night. I think he's a quality guy, but you could absolutely make the argument that Bumgarner's inability to pitch well, forcing Merrill Kelly to move up to number two, maybe a lot of pressure to, for him to be a number two guy, um, you know, following Zach Gallon. He's probably better suited to be a three, you know, on a lot of teams. I like him. He's a, he's a quality pitcher. He gets a lot of, of innings. He can them in the game last night. He didn't blow it. Nope. But he wasn't dominant. And, you know, that's the thing. You know, you're going up against dominant guys like Dustin May and, 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 and Urias, and you're trying to, like, how do we match that? And if you do it, in order to give your team a chance, you almost have to match that. I think he's still fine, but those first two starts were not the quality of starts that we expect from Merrill. No, and he was asked after the game, um, and, and this is, you know, this is not exactly a billboard for pitchers deciding to go join their teams for the World Baseball Classic. We talked about that a lot over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, Merrill was asked if some of the issues he's having have, if it has to do with the fact that he didn't have that usual ramp-up time because of the WBC. I think probably both are in play. I think it's definitely something I've dealt with in my career before without the WBC in there. Um, but obviously I'm not naive to think that I didn't get my normal build-up this spring training with you know the amount of games and the amount of reps and the amount of innings that I normally would have gotten. I think the games around spring training were around the same amount, but obviously there were different circumstances and not just building up innings and getting the, the reps in that I need to. So, um, like I said, I've definitely I've definitely dealt with the kind of bouts of inconsistency throughout the career without the different buildup. Um, but I, I definitely won't, wouldn't take it off the table that, that it's kind of leaking into the, you know, from the preparation to the season now. That would be fair to Merrill and to be fair to the WBC. Zach Gallon specifically sat out the WBC. And he struggled. And he's struggling, too. Yeah. Right? So I don't blame the WBC for everything, but he does seem like he's a little out of rhythm and he didn't get a normal spring. That much is a fact. Yeah, listen, I think there's probably different circumstances for each guy. You know me, I'm a blame guy, so I got, I'm going <laughs> to blame the WBC. I'm big, you got to blame somebody. Sometimes you got to blame yourself. You know, with Zach, he's got to figure that out, that timing, that rhythm, that Dustin May, the Dodger pitchers aren't having any problem with the with the, the time clock. They're not having any issues at all. I mean, they've had six quality starts by their starting pitchers in seven outings. Wow. So you cannot sit there and make... They've had seven outings... And they've got six quality starts. And I'm not a big quality start stat guy, but that oh, to me is were. revealing. I, th- I thought you were a quality. No, start guy. Uh, to me, it, it, six innings and three, six innings or three more, runs, three runs or less. Yeah. It, that's that, that's a decent start. I, you know, it's that that to me is. I always thought like a quality start. I would have defined it as like seven innings, seven and two, or six yeah. and two. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It's just me. It's it, kind of the baseball nerd in me kind of okay. rising up. But so whatever, we're seeing whatever. we're seeing these issues with the pitch clock with some guys. We talked about older pitchers, ERA pitch 
pitchers that are 36 or older have ERAs are up two right now, over two runs a game more, because they're struggling, because they're older, they need the time, and they don't have the, the recovery time. I was seeing some people really struggle with the pace of the game, especially if they have a, a big inning, and then have to go back out there again if the team goes one, two, three, at bat. And you can't stall like you used to. You know, right. in the old days, you know, your pitcher throws 30, 30 pitches in an inning, you get to the plate, you could slow walk it up there, you could go out of the box, three. you try to buy your pitcher three minutes to recover. Now you can't. You don't have the ability to, to buy that time. So that's a factor as well. It is. Um, and everyone's got to get used to it and adapt to it. I think for me, the biggest thing, and what I was alluding to at the beginning of the segment, Merrill Kelly, in many ways, had a career year last year. He, he the, And not just because he hit 200. I mean, he was really good all year. And if you look at Merrill's career, it's such an unusual career because so much of it was spent in Korea. We don't have a lot of major league seasons to compare it to. But last year was by far, and I mean by far, his best season in the bigs. And I just, in the back of my mind, I always kind of wondered, can he do that again? Because it was just so... You brought that up a lot, yeah. Yeah, it was just such an outlier, but not that much of an outlier for his career because there's not that much of a career to compare it to. And, and I, you know, every time I watch him pitch, I just wonder, was last year the very best you're going to get out of Merrill Kelly? And is he going to struggle? Especially now the great point you bring up with Mad Bum struggles. And it is a huge start for Mad Bum tonight. Make no mistake. It's I think so. Big start for him, right? Yeah, if he has another bad start, you start to... Like, okay, that clock starts ticking. Like, how many bad starts can you have from Madison Bumgarner? you got to figure it out to where he can start getting some guys out. If he can't get guys out, you got to start thinking about a change in rotation at some point after five, six, seven, eight starts. Yeah. All of the top stories of the day, they're in one spot. It's the 4 o'clock reset, and it is next right here on the Burns and Gambo Show.